Chapter 29, Know Thine Enemy. I still say it makes no sense, Kate said. It can't really happen, can it? He intends to brain sweep everyone who resists him? Doesn't he have to put them in his whisperer to do that? What about people in other countries? Sticky waved a handful of pamphlets. He has sanctuaries set up all over the world. The maps on the back show their locations. Kate humped, then frowned curiously. She had just noticed the edge of a doorframe behind the folded tables leaning against the wall. It is hard to understand how he'll manage it, though, Rainey said. Sticky, remember when he told us the Whisperer was going to be a healing device that would bring peace to thousands of troubled minds? Even millions, Sticky said with a shiver. I remember. Kate had squeezed behind the tables and found a numeric keypad by the covered-up doorway. But how would that be possible? So many people brainswept in so short a time. That's a major operation. It would take ages to prepare for it. Rainey felt an unexpected burst of optimism. Maybe we've gotten lucky. Maybe we're in time. If we can just figure out how, boys, Kate poked her head out from behind the tables. There's a door back here. You need to see what's on the other side. She spoke in an oddly strangled voice, as if she'd just seen a dead body. Sticky's eyes widened. He shook his head. I don't want to. Rainy, you look, and then tell me about it. But Rainy grabbed Sticky's arm, and together they went to look through the door. Oh, said Rainy. Oh, no, said Sticky. Are those what I think they are? Kate asked. They look like old-timey hair dryers. I'm afraid so, Rainy said. The machines stretched in long rows, row after row after row, across a vast underground warehouse. An elegantly lettered sign that hung from the ceiling read, Welcome to Memory Terminal. Along one wall were stacked hundreds of crates. Rainy bent to inspect the nearest one. It was filled with bundles of paper and marked with an address in China. The crate next to it bore the same address, but was filled with machine parts, including, he noted, a red helmet and a blue one. It really is happening, said Kate. I can't believe it. So, what's in the crates, said Constance. They turned to find Constance standing in the doorway behind them. What happened to standing guard? Sticky cried. You took too long. Sticky's eyes bulged but Rainy cut him off before they could start arguing. She's right. We have taken too long. We need to get out of here before it's too late. And yet, as they rushed out of the memory terminal and up the long secret passage, Rainy couldn't stop thinking, but we are too late. Much, much too late. The night was rainy, the plaza deserted. The light in the distant woods had stopped flashing and Sticky turned from the window. They want us to wait for a reply. I guess it's a lot for them to think about. It was a lot for everyone to think about. None of the children spoke. They only waited. An interminable hour passed. Constance fell asleep sitting cross-legged, and Kate repeatedly asked Rainy to thumb-wrestle her to pass the time. Rainy declined. Even thumb-wrestling felt beyond his ability at the moment. 
Everything did. He was hoping against hope that Mr. Benedict would find some way to save them, to save everyone, without requiring anything more from him. Rainey didn't think he was capable of more, not since the Whisperer. He was worried, deeply worried, that the Whisperer had revealed to him who he truly was. At the window, Sticky suddenly sat up straight. Here's a message. He adjusted his spectacles and stared intently toward the mainland. No, thine, enemy. After a minute, Sticky climbed down. That's it. No, thine, enemy. Kate looked hopefully at Rainey. I don't suppose you know what he means, do you? Just right off the bat? Rainey shook his head. No idea. Kate sighed. Then I suppose we'll have to wake up, Constance. It's been so pleasant not to have anyone grumping and mumping for a few minutes. The children woke Constance, who claimed she hadn't been sleeping, and put their heads together. What could it mean? Didn't they already know that Mr. Curtin was the enemy? Why do they say it like that anyway? Constance muttered. It sounds stupid. It's an old saying, said Rainey. That's how it's usually said. At least in the early translation, Sticky said. Originally, it appears in a book by Sun Tzu called The Art of War. It comes at the end of the third chapter. The others stared at him. Well, it does, Sticky said. I think we need more, said Kate. We're in too big a hurry and have no idea what they're talking about. Let's ask for another hint. The others agreed. It couldn't hurt to ask. So Sticky returned to the window and sent a follow-up question. Which enemy? But to this, he received no reply. Sticky repeated the message and again got no reply. He was about to try a third time when Rainey stopped him. There has to be a reason they're not replying, Rainey said. Are you sure the coast is clear? Sticky cringed. I hadn't thought of that, he peered out the window. The plaza's empty, so's the rock garden. The shoreline and the bridge are harder to see, but as far as I can tell, they seem deserted. Let me look, Kate said, climbing up beside him and sweeping her eyes from left to right. Sticky's right, it does seem clear. She took out her spyglass and scanned the view again. Nope, no one out there that, oh no. Kate jerked away from the window, and Sticky, alarmed, leaped backward. He tumbled on a Rainy and Constance, who luckily had covered their heads, expecting whatever it was to come crashing into the room. Sorry, Kate whispered sheepishly. It's all right. I thought he was staring right back at me, but he's too far away for that, of course. The spyglass makes him seem closer. Frazzled, the others gathered themselves up. Kate was looking out the window again. He really is staring in this direction, though. Ugh, it gives me the creeps. Surely he's not looking at our window. I have to remember it's dark in here. He can't see me. Who are you talking about, Kate? Rainey asked nervously. A recruiter. He's standing down under the edge of the bridge. She lowered the spyglass and squinted into the darkness. No wonder Sticky didn't see him. Without the spyglass, he just looks like a shadow among the bridge pilings. Maybe the message was a warning, Constance said, to let us know an enemy was out there watching. That doesn't make sense, Constance, Sticky said impatiently. If they'd seen him there, 
They wouldn't have sent any message at all. You don't make any sense, Constance snapped. They shouldn't have sent you at all. What's that supposed to mean? I don't know who you think you are. Easy, you two, Rainy said. A message broadcast just started. Didn't you notice? It's making us cranky. It was true. Though the messages were unpleasant as ever and came more frequently now that Mr. Curtin had some sessions recorded, the children were getting used to them. Sometimes they didn't immediately recognize the reason for their bursts of fussiness. Sticky took a breath. He's right. Sorry about that. That's okay, said Constance, though everyone noticed she didn't apologize herself. Kate was still watching the recruiter. Exasperated, she said, why won't that man leave? Doesn't he know we have a secret message to receive? Maybe he does, Rainy said with misgiving, and is waiting to see it. Sticky rubbed his head in agitation. Do you really think so? You think we've been found out? They're spying on us now? I don't know, but something seems extremely fishy about him standing in the shadows all alone. Recruiters are never alone. They're always in pairs. And he obviously doesn't want to be spotted. In fact, from this angle, we're about the only ones who could see him down. Wait, wait a minute. You think he wants us to see him? Kate said, raising her spyglass again. He really is looking this way, just standing there, not moving. And here's something weird I didn't notice before. His hair is wet, but his clothes are dry. What do you think he's up to? Rainy thought he knew. Does he remind you of anybody, Kate? Does he remind me? Of course. I can't believe I didn't see it. She wrapped her forehead with her knuckles. It's Milligan. Milligan's here? Sticky cried, unable to contain his excitement. Rainy grinned. That's what they meant by know thine enemy. And that's why they didn't respond to our second message. They had to make sure we looked for him. Sticky, let's send a message that says enemy known. Sticky sent the message. No sooner had he done so than the light in the woods began flashing a message with extreme rapidity. Go at once. Hurry, hurry, hurry. The children leaped to their feet, their hearts racing. What in the world? Had they been found out? The boys threw on their shoes. Kate retrieved her rope from the ceiling and Constance climbed onto her back. Sticky took one last glance out the window. It's still flashing, hurry! And the children flew from the room, down the darkened corridor and out into the night. They had stared out their window at night enough to know where the darkest shadows lay, and it was to the darkest shadows they kept, avoiding the plaza where they would be terribly exposed they bolted quick as cats along the bottom of the hill by the dormitory, dashed across a stretch of crumbling shale, then made straight for the water. With a final scramble down a rocky incline, they came to the island shore. If they kept low, they would not be easily seen. The incline would shield them from view of the Institute. Keeping low then and stepping carefully along the rocky shore, the children made their way toward the bridge. It had stopped raining, but the night remained cold and windy. Before the children had gone half the distance to the bridge, the wind began to carry a strong, spicy scent to their noses. 
the odor of a familiar cologne. They stopped and looked around, seeing nothing. Then a shadow detached itself from the rocky incline and took on the general form, if not the exact appearance, of Milligan. He certainly smelled like a recruiter, Rainey thought, but for some reason he seemed unrecruiter-like. He was dressed in a fine suit. He wore watches on both wrists, and his hair, though quite wet, as Kate had mentioned, was perfectly combed. So what was it? It was the smile, Rainey realized, or rather, the lack of one. He'd never been near a recruiter who wasn't smiling, and certainly not one who looked inconsolably sad. I'm sorry not to have fetched you myself, Milligan said, but this was the safer course. A recruiter on the shore alone may or may not draw suspicion, but a recruiter in the student dormitory most certainly would. What's going on, Milligan? Kate asked. I'm to take you away, Milligan said. The children were stunned. Away, Rainy repeated. You mean off the island? Milligan produced four black cloaks. No one saw from where and held them out. Put these on and draw them tight. They'll help conceal you. If we run into trouble, stay close and don't worry. I'll die before I let harm come to any of you. Don't worry, Sticky said. Don't worry? You're talking about dying, and we're not to worry? What's happening, Milligan? There's little time for explanation, Sticky. I can get you to the mainland, but we must make our way to the other side of the island, and it will be slow going. But why are we going, Kate said. Your mission is completed. Rainey felt an enormous pressure lift from his shoulders. Completed. That meant he wouldn't be tested anymore. No more worrying about failing everyone. He could leave the island without ever facing the Whisperer again. Yes, it was time to go. Just thinking of the Whisperer filled him with longing, even made him want to stay. Completed, Kate said. She seemed suspicious. Does that mean Mr. Benedict has a plan now? He thinks he can stop Mr. Curtin? You mustn't worry about that, Kate, said Milligan. Please, put the cloak on. Kate tossed the cloak onto the ground. You didn't answer my question. Does Mr. Benedict think he can stop Mr. Curtin or not? Milligan frowned. It doesn't concern you anymore, Kate. The improvement is much too close. Mr. Benedict wants you away from here, where you can be safe. I'm not budging until I get an answer. Kate said firmly. Can Mr. Benedict stop the improvement or not? Tell us the truth. The other children were holding their cloaks in their hands, glancing back and forth from Kate to Milligan. Milligan looked away over the water. He seemed extremely reluctant to answer. Finally, he sighed. No, children, we have no way to stop it. You'll have to go into hiding. We all will. We'll need to keep moving, keep ahead of the recruiters, but Mr. Benedict believes he can keep you safe, and you have my word that I'll do all I can to protect you. Please try not to worry. Mr. Benedict will never give up. That much, I can assure you. He will work tirelessly, and perhaps in time, he can find a way to counteract Mr. Curtin's messages to clear all of our minds. Kate was having none of it. What about Constance? She demanded, 
What happens to her when Mr. Curtin boosts the power all the way? She's already hearing voices, you know. Milligan looks sadly at Constance. I don't know, child. Nobody does. I'm so sorry. You're in danger, no matter where you go. At this, Constance sat down on a rock and covered her face. She seemed smaller than ever now. So small, the harbor breeze might catch her up like a scrap of paper and carry her away, carry her into nowhere. It was then Rainy knew they couldn't leave. He shouldn't have needed Kate to show him, he thought. His desire to save himself had kept him from seeing it at first, but at least he saw it now. He felt it in his bones, and it felt perfectly awful. But there it was. They couldn't leave. Not just for poor Constance's sake, but for Mr. Bloomberg and Milligan and the helpers and all the future people Mr. Curtin intended to brainsweep, not least of whom was dear Miss Perumal herself. Mr. Benedict would never ask it of him, but he must ask it of himself. Milligan, please tell Mr. Benedict, thank you, Rainey said, but I'm staying. Kate threw her arms around him. Oh, I hoped you would say that, Rainey, because I'm staying too. We have to, don't we? Sticky seemed ready to cry. You're staying? But, but... He turned and gazed longingly toward the mainland. He had known they would say this, and he knew they were right. Sticky said Kate. I suppose we don't have much choice, Sticky said. We don't have much chance either, but we're the only ones Mr. Benedict has got. Milligan tried again and then again, but the more he pressed the children, the more determined they became. Finally, he gave up. In that case, I'm going to give you a message from Mr. Benedict. A message, Constance said. Why didn't you tell us before? Mr. Benedict had a feeling you would choose to stay. That is exactly the kind of children they are, he said. He hoped to discourage such a decision and carry you to safety. But if you adamantly refused, and only then, I was to give you the message. So what is it? Kate asked. He said to remind you that every single one of you is essential to the success of the team, that now more than ever, you must rely upon one another in all things. Milligan took the cloaks back from the children. What's more, he said, tucking the cloaks down the leg of his suit pants. You must also rely upon me. Whatever develops, I'm here to help you. I'm staying on the island. When the time comes, this is the place to contact me. How do we do that? Rainey asked. Milligan pointed back the way they had come. Not far from here, an old drainage culvert empties into the channel. It's a good marker. To leave me a message, hide it in a dry spot within 20 paces of the culvert and stack two stones upon it. I'll check the place often. And meanwhile, I'll keep an eye on you as best I can. With that, Milligan turned to go. Wait a minute, Kate said. Aren't you going to wish us luck? Luck, Milligan said without turning around. I've been wishing you luck from the moment I met you. What I wish for you now is a miracle. He disappeared into the darkness. The children stared after him. He thinks we need a miracle, Sticky said in a bleak voice. 
Well, optimism has never been his strong suit, said Kate. Or haven't you noticed?